tonight on a very special episode of Lunch Crew Gaming Podcast. Jim wanted me to join so that he could bitch at me for backstabbing him all the time. It's like I'm punching babies. It feels good. Oh, we're doing good today. I know. This is just, oh, it's going so smoothly. Read my Steam profile. It's a legal disclaimer. You're still an asshole. And also Zelda. Welcome back to our episode three of uh, the Lunch Crew Gaming Podcast. Uh, how you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I can't complain. Good. How are you? All right. All right. Okay. Well, we'll start with announcements. Uh, first and foremost, uh, guys, uh, Stan Lee died yesterday. So now you know the date. But yep, Stan the man died. Love him. Hate him. He was definitely an icon. 95 years old. And apparently they have enough cameos filmed for him for the next 10 years of Marvel movies. That so. wouldn't surprise me. That brings me back to when Carrie Fisher died, where there was this uh, four-day period where she's in the hospital but not dead. No one's saying anything. And I'm just convinced that it was uh, Disney trying to get in 3D modelers for later episodes. Oh, yeah. Because what they did with Rogue One, that wasn't too bad. A little uncanny valley, but regardless. So, yeah, that's the big thing. Stanley died. Uh, Excelsior, Stan. Let's see. Oh, there's a correction from our episode one. Ken, we called uh, the Scarlet Letter the Scarlet Letter when it was actually... Love Letter... That's right. So it was Love Letter and the show notes, if you've probably already seen it by now, but the show notes have been updated to show that. Oh, hey, Brandon, uh, last episode you were on, mm-hmm. you uh, you talked about Fallout 76 I... and how you weren't going to really try it. Yeah, you, you, you were you were really not one to play it. And did you play it? I, I did. I, I sent you guys invites. Yep. I, I did enjoy the first couple of hours that I played with you all. But then something strange happened, and I got kind of motion sickness. I think it was due to the lack of field of view on my PC, and uh, it kind of it kind of threw me off of the game. I was wait, uh, are you saying something bad about PC gaming? <laughs> the PC port version of Fallout seventy six uh, okay, okay. didn't have that at the time. I don't know if it does now. I don't know if the release is going to have it. And honestly, I don't care. I'm not going to play it, so it doesn't matter. Just like you said last time, we'll uh, exactly. we'll check in with you again. <laughs> I'm not going to buy it. It'll be a regular spot. Is Brandon playing Fallout 76 right now? Do you have anything that you want to say that's not related to Fallout 76? In between Fallout 76 and this week, I've played uh, Overkill's The Walking Dead, which just came out. And my unpopular opinion is it's a really good freaking game. If people would play past the first level, which is basically the hardest tutorial in gaming, then they would understand it. Other than that, Zelda. Is it a reskinned payday though? It kind of isn't. It does have a lot of payday elements in it. Um, You know, you replay the same missions um, quite a few times. You um, stealth your way through if you can. um, And it's four player co-op. But other than that, it's not uh, payday. Yeah. And also Zelda, because my wife said that I hadn't mentioned Zelda. So Zelda. So the, the voice you hear uh, talking is our today's very special guest, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming, man. For those of you that know us, you know who Jeremy is. And those of you who don't, Jeremy's been with us for a long time, and he's one of our gaming group of buddies. Jeremy's got a terrific sense of humor, and hopefully that'll come instead, and we'll actually say something funny today. <laughs> so we have three questions that we ask. What is your favorite video game? Right now. Sure, or all time. Play Rocket League. We play Destiny 2. That's probably the most recent one. I like the story. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, right now, Destiny Two is what we're what we're playing, and the story is great. Core game is free, uh, and you got the DLC on on, on sale. So Destiny Two's uh, core game is free right now. It is till no 18th. kidding till the 18th. Is it to keep forever after the 18th? Yes. This, of course, as you know, it's before the 18th, so I might have to pick that you up. You just have to claim it before the 18th, and you'll always own it. Fantastic. Okay, that's good to know. So if this gets out before the 18th, spoiler alert, it probably did. <laughs> Grab that off of uh, Bungie and join up and uh, and play because uh, you know Destiny is a game that's it's polarizing. People either really like it or don't. And I got to tell you, Destiny One had some of the best multiplayer combat I've had. I've played in a long time and a lot of fun with it. Okay, uh, question number two, Jeremy. What is your favorite non-video game game? Good question. Non-video game game. Honestly, the you know, last time I played it was at your house, Patrick. Wow. The uh, I, I loved Werewolf. I, I found the social aspect and the social engineering of the game extremely entertaining i have a smaller group of flesh and blood friends that we played recently and it was just terrific but i gotta tell you when we had what there were 12 15 of us playing felt like it it was absolutely you're right it's a it's a great game and finally is there anything you're looking forward to video game or tabletop movies anything in in the geek world that you're looking forward to in the next couple of months division two is coming out first quarter i think uh in march of 2019 looks like a large group of us going to play that outside of that i don't know i don't usually buy the AAA games right when they come out i uh, got burned a couple times on that uh, we tend to replay a lot of the early access games when they have significant updates and things like that i don't like to pay full price for a game if i don't need to so right absolutely okay well that's division two is something that's on all our radars so, not mine. Okay. Except for Ken's because it's a triple A game. And as you know, Ken hates fun. <laughs> okay, everybody. This week in gaming history, in 2005, Take-Two Interactive Software acquired Firaxis Games. Now, if you know who Firaxis Games is, congratulations, you're old like the rest of us. They absolutely created the best game ever, Alpha Centauri. Smack. Yep, Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri. Very good. An amazing game. I never remember it when we talk about the best games. It's not just the rose-colored glasses saying, oh, it's great now. No, it's actually pretty terrible now. I have it installed. It's terrible. Horrible game. But you play it. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm a glutton for punishment, though. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's a terrific game. I'd love to see it. Well, okay, they did do an update in, what was it, the Sid Sid Meier's... Civilization 4 engine? Or is it the 5 engine? Are you talking Before about Sid that? that, that no, no, no. Yeah. There was never any update. You're talking okay. about that that Abomination that was the space game that they released? No, 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 no. Not, not Colonization. No, no. They had a the Alpha Centauri game. It wasn't, no. it wasn't, was it the tablet version? No, no. If there was a new version, I would have heard about it. And it's not. You're talking about, um, I think I returned it. It was such a bad game that we all hated it, and we can't even remember. But the original, <laughs> the original. So, in 2005, Take-Two Interactive grabbed for Axis Games. Now, in 2003, THQ Digital Studios Phoenix acquired digital entertainment creator Rainbow Studios. Well, we know who THQ is, but no idea what Rainbow Studios did. Rainbow Studios, however, did a bunch of uh, motocross games. They also did the 1999 version of Missile Command. Yay. In 1996, now this is something that will really astound and amaze everybody. In 1996, Microsoft released Golf 3.0. Yeah, yeah. Okay, very exciting. Yeah. Okay, so this is a um, fantastic yeah. week uh, yeah. in 
It was a bust. Game right. <clears throat> yeah. Now that we've lost the other half of our listening audience. All right, Jeremy, here's our here's uh, the easy questions to get into our topic for today. And now here's the other three. The best game song, either in a game, the intro, trailer, whatever. What's your thought on the that? original Zelda song? Oh, good call. Good call. Who wrote the songs for that again? Um, Koji Kondo did it. Oh, we're doing good today. Yeah, I know. This is just, oh, it's going so smoothly. Question number five. Who is the best video game protagonist? In your opinion, oh, I, I, honestly, I I'd still have to kind of go to the original Zelda games and say Link. Link, fair enough. I agree. I, I think it was the first open world game that I actually played on the, on the game, like a Nintendo, like an RPG. I like the open world aspect where you have the freedom of being able to move around and do whatever you want within the game. I don't really like linear games for the most part. If you don't mind me interrupting, Zelda is a very linear game. It is, but you still have the free roaming aspect. If you literally wanted to go waste your time and just kill a bunch of stuff, you can do that. Unlike, I don't know. Unlike, say, Super Mario Brothers, right. you have a set path in front of you, and that's where you have that's to correct. go. You could not, not go to the back. dungeon. I, I understand. Yeah. Which later evolved into collecting wheels of cheese and filling your house with them. Yep, Skyrim, right? I love the uh, exploration aspect. Finding areas when you didn't know where to bomb or you didn't know where to burn. And just when you found something, you found a secret, you know, in Zelda, it was just absolutely amazing. And the map, yeah, yeah it was, that's that's a great call. All right. And I had actually, uh, I read in a magazine that somebody challenged somebody to play the first Zelda game and get as far as you possibly can without a sword. So I, for some reason, decided that it was a good idea to do that. I got pretty far. I got the arrow and I got the candle so you can shoot fire and things. It took a lot longer to play the game, I'll tell you that. But it, it was, the challenge was accepted. I didn't beat it because you got spot. You basically needed the sword. But That's actually very impressive because that's resource management and you only were able to throw the fire once. Wow. Yeah, and you had to go back and forth between screens. And then eventually you got the upgraded candle where you can shoot it more than once. Yep, the blue and the red. Yep, yep, yep. Question number six, Jeremy. Who is, in your opinion, the best video game antagonist? It'd be Voss from Far Cry 3. Absolutely. He was the scariest guy I've come upon in the game in quite a while. Absolutely. His lack of awareness. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? Just absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man. Creepy dude. The actor who played him was amazing also. Yeah, he was perfect fit. Michael Mando. He was a very kind of believable villain, not necessarily like, you know, mastermind, petting out cat kind of villain. No, but... he, he definitely had that insanity. Just really made him a fearsome enemy. And he never had that magic monster box or, you know, whatever. You know, you were fearful of him because he was real. Yeah, and he was a perfect casting in the video game. And he's in uh, Better Call Saul now. Oh, is he? Yeah, the actor. yeah, Michael Mando. That's fantastic. Let's get into today's topic. Now, when we asked Jeremy to be a part of today's podcast, we asked him for, you know, hey, you got anything you want to talk about, anything? And he came up with a beautiful list of things to go through, the majority of them dealing with social aspects in video games, be it multiplayer, uh, MMOs and whatnot. And of course, we went, oh, that's a great list. Let's talk about griefing. If you're going to do that with someone, make sure you present it to them in such a way where it's not like you're saying, yeah, you're the best griefer we know. You're such... Because... Um, that doesn't come across very well. So what we're going to do, I'm going to tell you a little bit about why we thought 
this would be such a great subject with Jeremy. Not because he's a griefer. No, because he's got a great sense of humor, especially if you've heard our previous podcast where we talked about some of the best antagonists being our own friends. Jeremy has this skill where he is able to take a joke right to the edge and leave everybody laughing at the end of it. And it's a gift that personally I'm very, very envious of because uh, I never know (laughs) when enough is enough. And I always bring it over to the next level. I can tell you a couple of our friends probably are like, yeah, 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 Pat does that. So I pushed a few people beyond the breaking point sometimes. I understand that. Unfortunately, my sense of humor and my comedy usually has a target. And sometimes it's myself, but mostly it's others. <laughs> well, one of the first times, and this is one of my favorite, favorite stories. I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but one of the first times it got not just me, but it got my wife. It got uh, other people in our group. I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> nice. Back in the day, we had uh, an IRC channel and we also had a, uh, a a forum, a website that we went to and we talked about. We, we have a very good friend who is Canadian, as such, uses Canadianisms. Now, stating it this way is important because Jeremy decided that he was going to spoof our friend's account and make a slightly similar user tag and then create a great post talking about some difficulties he's having with his family. And, and of course, my wife and I immediately pour out support and just everything. And, and it, it wasn't our friend. It, it was it was Jeremy completely teasing this other guy and we bought it hook, line and sinker. Just at that point, I I knew Jeremy's uh, sense of humor was uh, the next level. What are your thoughts on that? What were you thinking when we took the bait more so than, than our friend Devin reacted? Well, it was mostly aimed toward Devin, obviously. He knew exactly who created the post as soon as he read it. He basically <laughs> wrote a reply or something and he knew exactly who it was. I don't know. I was just up late one night and, you know, we kind of joked around. There's a lot of camaraderie between everyone and people take jabs at each other. And there's just jokes and and ongoing things, you know, about, you know, people's mothers and stuff like that, obviously. So, um, but I I just decided to write that post and uh, (laughs) he he knew exactly uh, who wrote it. And you guys, I mean, because it looked legit. I mean, I put in Canadian slang, you know, I spent probably a good 45 minutes writing up the post you know he laughed and stuff but he knew exactly who it was because it wasn't true obviously but unfortunately there are certain people like yourself and your wife that (laughs) and uh offered him a place to stay and all this other stuff you you totally should have showed up on that yeah yeah, seriously yeah wait a minute you don't look canadian near canadian but wait 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 all canadians look the same i'm not saying that there's a way about them there's they have this this way of speaking and carrying (laughs) themselves Actually, okay, all jokes aside, Devin does have a way of speaking and carrying himself, which leads me to one day make sure he gets to say the word ridiculous here in our podcast. Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, hey, do me a favor. Since we're talking about social gaming, the the need for laughing and joking, would you do me a favor and give me your definition of griefing and the difference between that and trolling and and just playing jokes on each other? If you would, put it in your your words. Well, I think griefing and trolling are intentionally causing stress or harm on an individual. I look at those mostly as as a negative thing. I don't really see myself as doing that. I think mostly what I'm doing is joke-related, you know, obviously with targets, like I said before, but I think as long as Everybody gets a laugh and a chuckle out of it. I think that's what really matters. And obviously, you know, I've, like I said, I've pushed a few people too far, you know, you know, and I apologize for it and things like that. I, I try to um, get to that breaking point and then I stop. And then that's where, you know, you get to the most laughs, I guess. I don't know. I just like to make people laugh. Absolutely. You know, whenever you think you've reached too far, you have 
always, always, always. And in many times you've never needed to, you didn't have to, but you always reached out and just made sure that whatever jokes that were slung that you thought maybe someone, at least in my impression, and that's not what a griefer and that's not what a, a person who trolls does. They, they don't really care about the people. That's my thought. They don't really care about the people that they're playing these, these pranks on. Even a person you don't know, your humor is designed to work with them, to put them in a position where if they were in the right mindset, they'd be laughing as hard as anybody else. Like, go ahead and share that story you were sharing about. Oh, yeah. It was just last night and then we were playing a, a game. You create a room and you immediately have to make the room all friends or, or public people just start popping in, you know, pubs. So I clicked it, but somebody still joined. But I was just like, well, you know, I'm not going to kick him. So I just checked his Steam profile real quick. And his first name is on there. So, and it was Abraham. So I'm like, hi, Abraham. And I type in chat and he's like, hey, how's it going? And I, and I said, hey man, it's been a while. How, how's it been? And I have never met this guy. And he's like, good, good. How about you? And uh, I go, oh no, just hanging with some friends, playing some games. And he goes, been busy with college. And I said, oh, well, I quit college. I'm traveling the U.S. now. During this whole time, everybody can see the chat and Devin is there and he's laughing the whole time because he knows I have no clue who this guy is and <laughs> this guy has no clue who I am. We played the game with him. We didn't kick him or anything until later. <laughs> Because they all, he, he's, he was way too high level and he was completely destroying everybody. And they, they said it wasn't fair. Oh, okay. So they like kicked them. I said, well, good games. We're going to play a team game. Just stuff like that. It's just, I don't know what causes me to do it. I just decide it's a good idea and I run with it. Well, you know, you managed to have a good game with the guy. Uh, he was too high level for you and he was slaughtering everyone, but you still had a good time with it. Let me ask you something here. In the case of APB, which is all points bulletin, it's an MMO, cops versus robbers, basically. Ken, yeah. I think you, you called it punching babies. Oh, no, I didn't come up with that was, term. Yeah, no, that was I came all. up with that. <laughs> all right. I remember the night I, I just said those words and Brandon couldn't stop yep. laughing. It was just... <laughs> I, I still use it to this so, day. Whenever I play my daughter in anything, it's like I'm punching babies and it feels good. Okay. All right. Well, I'm out of the loop on this, guys. What is punching babies? Well, it's like playing complete noobs and your opponents are so easy that you don't even have to shoot at them. They'll just kill themselves. To the point where the skill level is so lopsided that it's just like you're walking up and you're punching a baby because it's the same thing. Because they can't defend themselves. That also is a tip to the, the at times, extremely terrible matchmaking that was in APB at the yeah, time. Yeah, which probably still exists. I'd be amazed if it's still up, but you never know. Actually, I think it is. Yeah, if STO is still up, then so. that's probably yeah. up to no. the same company managing them, right? Yeah, I guess APB got passed around for a while, so yeah. What makes punching babies in a, in a low-level zone more acceptable than, say, spawn camp? I think it's the fact we had no choice who our opponents are going to be. And it was either going to be somebody that was completely OP and blatantly using hacks. In APB, it was just completely rampant. Or it was going to be the other way, where it was basically like complete new players and had no clue what to do or how to shoot or what weapons to use or how to defend themselves. And it was just completely one or the other. Yeah. And sometimes it'd be in the middle ground in the larger, you know, combat scenarios and things. But most of the time it was either you were going to get completely decimated, which I'm sure they're probably saying the same thing. Wow, this is like punching babies. Um, or it'd be like, you know, basically just running somebody over with the car because they were running in the street and they didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, sometimes the matchmaking worked kind of equal skill levels and, you know, advancement in the game. But yeah, sometimes you're the baby. Sometimes you're punching the yeah. baby. That's a... Uh... That's a that's a soundbite I think we should keep.
Jeremy, our friend Jim, you seem to take a, a shine to when you play games together. And since Jim doesn't play games a lot, there are videos on YouTube about you and he in a game like Nether. Yeah, unfortunately, it's dead. But yeah, it was a good game when we played it. Is prank playing on both friends and public players more acceptable in survival games or PvP game modes? What What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, we've all seen the videos for DayZ back when DayZ was big, where that's a game where you can actually force feed people Windex or their, their avatars. Is it more acceptable to do more hardcore teasing, pranking, lightweight griefing maybe in a game like that? You can do that in, is it Scum? I have that too, where you can actually handcuff someone, uh, like you could in Daisy and things. Uh, yeah, you can you can do it in Arc as yeah, well. Yeah, where you can if you can incapacitate somebody and basically tie them up and not feed them and let them starve to death. If it's like for five minutes, ten minutes, yeah, everybody gets a laugh out of whatever. Put the guy out of his misery. You know what I mean? Let him respawn. Let him start over. Take his stuff. You're gonna kill him. Don't torture him. If you watch those Nether videos though, with with Jim and I. I was actually on the server by myself, and I was specifically got to a high building, and I had tons of ammo. I was testing the sniper rifles, basically, and I was killing people left and right over and over. And the thing was, was everybody on the server was getting upset that I was killing people, but it's part of the game. Yeah, I wasn't spawn camping them so that if they left a couple block radius that I could cover from the sniping post. They got together, which I thought was pretty quite fun, was that they got together a search party to hunt me down. And I'm like, I'm all for it. Come get me. And that was part of the game. And then Jim came on to, I think it was TeamSpeak, whatever voice we were using then. And he um, jumped on. And instead of grouping with me, he grouped with them. And then he told me when they were coming so I could tell. You know, he's like, oh, they're coming south. Do you see him on the road? And I'm like, no, I don't see him yet. I don't see him. And they're like, ping. And I like, kill him. He's like, oh, you kill him? I'm like, yeah. And you go, oh, there's two more running down the road here. And he would kind of <laughs> spot out where they were at, which worked out perfectly for me. I don't know. It was just, it was a feature in the game and we had played it so long that I decided that I was going to, you know, try to snipe somebody on the roof. And then it, then it was kind of cool because, you know, Jim was there and he was my spy. So it was just, the whole experience was great. And it was a little over an hour, I think. That's how long it took. So as a side story, Brandon has a great story about Jim. In a real-life gaming session when we were playing Airsoft. You know what I'll do? I will make sure that the link nice. shows up in the show notes. <laughs> because talking about it is just too painful. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to watch that that link. It is, yeah. But anyway, one of my takeaways from that whole thing here with Jeremy and Jim, the net result was you basically created a player quest, effectively. Yes, yeah, yeah, Nether was a great game when we played it. I've got tons of stories from it. Actually, uh, Brandon, you played it, correct, with us? I did. Yeah. Do you recall that when we were heading to a town, because there's little towns or little encampments that you travel between, and on the way there, we were going in and out of buildings, and we weren't really close to each other, a player killed you. I don't know if you remember that. And you were going to respawn from the town, and the thing was, is as soon as you got killed, you said, I got killed. I got shot. I'm down. We all circled around the guy because he thought there was just you. And there was like five other of us all circling around him. And he was just <laughs> like, uh, and you came back and got your stuff. And we're like, hey, man, he lost some stuff. We got him to walk back to town, get some bandages, <laughs> and then bring them back <laughs> for you. 
<laughs> yeah, it was hilarious because it was like a whole experience, and we had him bring go bring you stuff to like you know offset the negative thing oh, that yeah. just killed one of her friends. See now, so was, that's, that's awesome. the best part about this. That's not griefing. That's not trolling. That's that's creating a story. Yeah, bringing together by thinking outside of the box, which is a lot of this. What this is, you know, I remember playing WoW with uh, you guys and on a PVP server while being World of Warcraft. There would be you know zone raids, or we'd be in shared zones. We would all work together whenever somebody would get what they call ganked you know a higher level character would come and kill our low level character and then there'd just be this trade-off for a while and it would be a story that we'd be creating together with opponents and it's not necessarily a story that either of us wanted to be writing you know the winning or losing chapter i think where we're going here is that what we're talking about is not griefing it's not trolling and and, and i guess griefing and trolling has it as a flavor of cheating to it you, you know because before jeremy you talked about hacks and apb and how that really changed being the punchy to the puncher or the puncher to the punchy when it comes to the babies. (laughs) (laughs) So trolling, trolling is definitely, there's no positive out of it. Griefing is definitely just trying to make someone quit. That's what I take from it. These things that we're talking about, yeah, they're, they can be considered antagonistic, but if you have the right mindset, you could come away from it with a great story. You know, you may not be the winner from it, but you definitely can say, yeah, this one time I killed this dude and then his friends made me go get bandages for him. Yeah, and we friended him on Steam and we kept playing with him and we played maybe another game with him or so. He's still on my friends list, I think. I just, we haven't played anything. Well, that's, you know, that's a great segue into the next question here. Is the idea of creating these stories in this way, uh, is it friends versus the public or is it anyone versus anyone that, how many, how many people have you done this with where they've been like you know what that's pretty cool that you did that like let's say with left for dead it's 4v4 we accumulated quite a number of friends steam friends from that game and that's because yep. we would have like six people we need two more for an all friends game someone else would say oh uh, i play with these other guys they're really good they'd come over and they'd have a great time we'd friend them up we'd ask you know invite them if we need to or maybe it just didn't click outside of video games, tabletop and board gaming. You brought up Werewolf earlier. Do you think this, uh, you called it social engineering a little bit earlier, I think is is the phrase you used. Do you think it's easier to do this type of social interaction in video games where we're somewhat anonymous? Or do you think it's just as easy or even easier when you're dealing with tabletops and board gaming where you've got that uh, visual, maybe all of your olfactory senses are involved, the smell, whatever. Do you think it's it's easier that way to to have fun like this? Uh, I know with Werewolf, it's absolutely true it is, but that might be an outlier. What do you think? I don't think one's easier than the other. I think there's more tools on a computer. So when I came out to your house, it was a different scenario because I had never met a single one of you guys. But my only experience that I had was talking online and gaming with everyone. And that's how you learn their personalities and who you connect with more than others and things like that. When you're all placed together in a house like that, and you're playing a game like that, your personality still comes out. In that game, if you can engineer that to your favor, I guess, um, then you know if you're the werewolf, you can make somebody else look like the werewolf. I just think that on the computer, you have more time. You know, you don't have that face-to-face contact. We don't usually cam or anything like that. Says you. I make a lot of money that way. <laughs> Ooh, la, la. We cam uh, when we did, like, the fantasy football league stuff, and then we do jackbox. Like, fibbage and things, we do cam, but we don't really show. I mean, usually it's just whatever's on your screen. So um, it's just a lot more 
tools on a computer because obviously there's multiple ways to communicate. Just like, for instance, I couldn't have imitated Devin in person, right? I yep. would have had to have only been able to do that in a fake forum post. I don't know. You guys kind of look similar. That's yeah. me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's bring this all back to the social engineering. Would you say, and this is, I would say this, I definitely think this is the way that as the medium of video games and whatnot has matured over the last 10, 15, 20 years, it has pulled kids away from being a passive imbiber of of entertainment and made them be a part of it. Do you feel that what you're doing and what we do when we try to be funny and we, we you know, we interact and, and we laugh and we joke, do you think it's similar to the social events of yesteryear? You know, like hanging out in porches, backyards, basketball courts, or, you know, sitting at the, the tasty freeze in your new car. And you get a, are we going to the malt shop or something? Is that like a Dairy Queen from where you're from? 7-Eleven, uh, Dunks, whatever, man. You know, I, I'm, no, would you say that's what it's like, the social aspect, whatever? Do you think that is taking the place of what it used to be like before TV? entered the world? Well, I don't even think it's specifically TV. I, I think the, the fact that more kids are playing video games and socializing through that way than they are through sports. Uh, all kids should still be active, obviously, but uh, the ability to be able to make friends across the world in a common game is great. I, I definitely think that there's benefits for that. Obviously, the parents need to be involved, making sure that the people that they're actually talking to are kids of the same age. Well, no, it's absolutely a good thing. And I think the idea is is that we've broadened our horizons because with the internet, it's no longer an issue of where, you know, there's even a delay. There's no delay when we call someone on the phone. There used to be one. So there's no longer that delay. And now there's this ability to play a game with someone. And they might be in Japan, in Russia, whatever. It's really kind of cool. But the thing is, and this is something that for a while there, people forgot how to take a joke. And I think it's very important to be able to laugh not only at yourself and to be able to create these stories that we're talking about. I really think what we're talking about today is a very important part of it, being able to break outside of the roles that you think you should be playing inside a video game. It's hard to call it social engineering because you're telling a story with a sense of humor and the punchline made might be me, might be you. I would not say that this is specifically like griefing, trolling. I think that what we're doing, or at least what I do, is is mostly considered camaraderie. I think it shows that you like each other, and I don't know if you want to use the word love one another. I mean, I've made lifelong friends. It is a very important thing to have in a group. Not everybody gets along. Being able to have somebody like you who's able to tailor your storytelling, your jokes, your pranks to each person, and usually with a really good read on them, that's a gift I think uh, every social group should have. You know, I look at my son and I look at his friends. I hope uh, a person like you, Jeremy, in, the, in his group to be able to burst the ego when it needs burst or <laughs> or help with the camaraderie and bring up a, a running gag that needs to be brought up to either diffuse situation or just make people laugh. There's a lot of different people. And like I said, I've pushed people over the edge and apologized for it. There's certain things you push people's buttons to find out how far you can take them. It's all camaraderie. And, you know, and like I said, it's just it's just friends being friends. It creates relationships between people. So, Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and everybody needs to know everybody's limits. And uh, to know that point is an important thing. And to know when it is needed and when it's not is definitely a skill. I hope the, the next generation gets it. One of the uh, the aspects of doing that online is half the time when I'm writing emails at work, there's no emotional attachment 
to online communication natively, you don't know whether I'm saying a statement, I'm being mean about it, or I'm saying a statement and I'm just, you know, saying a statement. So learning that boundary with somebody via a medium that doesn't have any kind of like body language attached to it, that's that's really hard. So testing your friend's limits online and stuff like that. What What is acceptable? What isn't? Absolutely. And I work from home, Ken. So whenever I write an email, I, I think to myself, there's no way the person on the other end of this email knows I'm not wearing any pants. It's a true statement and it is a skill just like any of this. What, wearing pants? Yeah, wearing pants is a skill, especially if you wear them on your head. The idea of knowing how far to take something or how to use a textual medium in such a way so that you stay professional or that you you, you know how to present something. Griefing and trolling versus camaraderie is simply, will we all laugh about this later? Is this a good story? Is this something funny? And I look back at all our time in the uh, 60 some odd years that we've been friends, all of us. And every single person I've interacted with, I have a terrific, hilarious story, whether it be a video gaming one or being with them face to face. I will let you know that. So I had to change my Steam profile. And if you read my Steam profile, it's a legal disclaimer saying that if you if you send me a friend invite or I send you one and you accept it, that you accept all responsibility based on my actions. <laughs> So I'm not, I can't be held liable for any of my. Oh, that's fantastic. What have we learned today? I learned that Star Wars is better than Star Trek under all versions and contexts. I learned Wait, that. Sorry, that right. somebody's full of shit. I learned that it's there's such a thing as positive antagonism, where it is possible to use humor to create a story that may or may not necessarily be positive to all the people involved. But at the end of the day, if you walk away laughing, it is a good thing. Ken, what did you learn? I learned that Microsoft Golf 3 was released today. Well, this weekish period in 1996. That's what I learned. I also learned that Rainbow Studios makes a whole lot of games I don't think that many people have ever played. It's a good thing I put it on the list of things to talk about. Brandon, what did you learn today? I learned that um, some of my friends' memories, they need to be expunged. Gonna have to figure out a way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally, Jeremy, what did you learn today? I learned that apparently I'm the jokester of the group, and uh, I guess I do grief sometimes. This isn't an intervention, my friend, Joe, you know that. <laughs> or or is it? No, you, uh, you actually reminded me of a time I did actually grief someone. Ooh. Dish, dish, dish. Tell us. We were playing Borderlands 2, and I'm sure I've done more, but this one specifically stands out because he always reminds me of it. There's a, a section where you put some rockets down, and it blows up the train, and the train falls off the bridge, and then yes, you yes, climb up yeah. there. Basically, every time somebody would play it, we would replay the mission every time. We would get to that point, and I go, we're just going to set these rockets up. Just stand right there. It'll be the quickest route after to get to it. And so anyway, <laughs> I shot the rockets up. And the train came off and smushed him and killed him. <laughs> nice. He's like, I'm never going to stand where you tell me to stand anymore. But, it, you know, again, he only lost credits. He didn't lose anything. I wouldn't have done it if he was just going to lose all his weapons or whatever. He lost trust in you, Jeremy. Yeah, that's true. No, that is not trolling. That yeah. is <laughs> creating a narrative that we all can agree on. That was the best place for him to stand. Yeah, yeah. Hey everyone, Ken here. Just a quick note that you can find our website at lunchcrewproductions.com. There you can find our social media, Discord, show notes, and of course, subscribe to our shows. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy.
Okay, we're going to do a lightning round right now. It's all discussion argument about a certain topic. Are you ready, Jeremy? Absolutely. Okay. What about these? What, which of these two is the better game? And the timer is started now. TF2 or Rocket League? Old TF2, new Rocket League. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Which of the two wins out of them? The original TF2 was great. That's where I first originally met you Gotcha. Guys. Okay, so that original TF2 or Left 4 Dead 2? The TF2. Still TF2. Is that... Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with anything beat uh, Left 4 Dead 2, but that's just okay. me okay. again. Or Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2, the franchise is great, but it only allowed up to eight players, and I, I think that's where I met a large group of you guys. TF2, still winner here, versus Conan Exiles. The original TF2. All right, TF2 wins yeah, again. Yeah, I'd have to go with. Yeah. I'd have to go with TF2 because really the only thing Conan Exiles brought to the game was the uh, endowment slider. I believe they called it. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was a pretty game. It was a you know a survival craft game, but that was really the only thing it brought. Okay, TF2 or Conan the MMO. The only thing that Conan MMO really, really had that was awesome was the soundtrack was great. I, I don't know. I like the kicking people off of paths, but that might not well, necessarily be. Yeah. I think that's but a little that crazy. was, you know. Okay. I would like to say that I didn't kick people off. I watched people getting kicked off. Yes. So. All right. Uh, still TF2 then. Uh, that or APB? TF2. Oh, the original wow. TF2. That's okay. Uh, then we're going to take a hard left here. MMOs versus single player or multiplayer. I think more casual multiplayers where you can jump in and out. Because I think MMOs require too much time. And if somebody has more time than the other, they're going to progress significantly farther than the other one. They kind of dis-progress. Moving real quick here. That's a good one. Now, uh, so I think TF2 is our ultimate uh, top winner. One last question. TF2 versus sandbox games. TF2. Depends on the sandbox game, I guess. Okay. Uh, Let's go ahead and, and share that story. Okay, so I had not met any of you guys, and I happened to see a ser- server called Kill Your Coworker. And because I had such a great ping, I uh, regularly played on it. And they said, well, you should jump on voice chat. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's too, you know, too weird. I've never gamed with anybody like that on voice or anything like that. I had played for months, and one night I said, well, I'm, I'm going to try to log in, and uh, nobody was on. I Google searched the password for your for the Ventrilo <laughs> server that you had, and it came up. <laughs> so then I created Ventrilo. Nice. I logged in, and they're like, hey, who gave you the password? I'm like, I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, it was apparently it was in some IRC header or something somebody posted one time. And that's basically how I started uh, playing. And I always played the spy in TF2. Jim wanted me to join so that he could bitch at me for backstabbing him all the time. <laughs> yeah, that sounds... Yeah, I can still remember I had 27 consecutive backstabs in one game. Uh, that's the most I ever had. All in Jim. Without dying. You know, most with Jim, probably. <laughs> but, well, he liked to play engineer, so that was yeah, easier on engineers. That's how I first connected with everyone. You Googled your way into our hearts. Because I remember getting backstabbed by him a lot. Not as much as me. No, but... no. You're still an asshole. Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us, man. That was a blast. I hope you had fun. I did. Thanks for having me. As always. And uh, we'll see you the next time. Final remarks. Uh, be good to each other unless it's funny. And then uh, be friendly. How's then, that? Unless it's funny? Yeah. You be good to each other unless it's funny. And then go for the funny. Because that's what I learned today, isn't it? Be kind. Make friends. Game a lot. Excelsior. Thank you.
Oh, wow. All right. Bring it down. Yes, I did.